If you got your Bibles, let's go. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. And I'm going to be reading to you from the NIV version this morning. Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the buyer. They, they, they were carrying him on. And the bearers stood still. He said, young man. I say to you, get up. Tommy, go on to, I told you 14, but let's move on. Let's go, give me a couple more verses. This is good. It's okay. Nobody panic. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back. To his mother. I was going to call this a mother's gift, and then I was told that I've already, well, you already preached a sermon named a mother's gift, but it was a different text. So, to appease them and their catalog of sermons, we changed the title at the gate. When I ran back to the office in a panic after he told me, I was like, okay, Lord, you didn't tell me I already done this once. So I needed another one. And he said, well, look at, your, look at your notes. And I looked at my notes and I was like, wow, okay, that makes sense. Tommy, at the gate. So if you'll allow me for the next 15, 20 minutes, I want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to talk to you from a topic at the gate. Have you ever gotten to a point in your life, and, I, and I'm sure most, if not all, has gotten here before, that you were so, that you were so wore out from a circumstance in your life that you just became so weary, you have lost all hope didn't see a way out, and you gave in. Has anybody ever given in to their circumstance? Yes. Come on, let's not lie in church. Let's be truthful. Yes. Given in to our circumstance because maybe there's not a cure. Maybe there's not a proper diagnosis. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just can't get through their thick head. I ain't saying nothing about our wives. You know that. You know that. Not on Mama's Day. But we've just, we've gotten so pressed by this thing on all sides, like the Bible says, you know, you're. 
And we have a tendency just to say, I don't have enough in me to muster up enough faith to even ask God. Have you ever gotten there? Oh, it's not that you haven't asked him prior. It's not that you've not asked him before. It's just you're at that point now. Maybe you asked him last week. And this week you're just exhausted. And you just can't find it in yourself to even lift your head. And you've given in. See, this is where I find this woman. I find this woman at the point to where she feels there's no return. Look, she's a widowed woman. You have, I told you, when you read the Bible, put yourself in Scripture. You'll get a better feel. Sometimes it's not better. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it hurts. But in Bible times, if the father passed, everything got handed to the son. If the son passed, the woman's without. Oh, it ain't, see, it ain't like 2023 where women now are become so... independent i don't need no man yes you do that's how god created it i hope you ain't sitting in here feeling all independent like you don't need a man i hurt your feelings this morning you need a man come on mama come on you need a man Look, let me tell you, just like a man needs a woman, you need a man. Don't you know that God created us so independently and so specifically that it takes two of us to become one? Isn't that what the Bible says? That the man would leave his parents and would cleave to his wife and they would become one. See, you can't even be whole without one. Who did I make mad? Here she is. I just warming up. I want to make sure you're awake. Here she is without her man. Now, she was able to depend on her son because her son was still able to apply himself and fulfill the needs of the house and take care of mama. Sons, you better be doing that. Taking care of your mama, boy. I'm looking at my son. I ain't picking nobody's son out the crowd. I look directly at my son. And now here she is. Could you imagine the intensity of her circumstance? Not only has she lost the love of her life, her man, her supplier, her protector, 
in our time, New Testament time, her priest. But now she has lost her only son. Boy, isn't there like a parallel? And you've got to understand where this city was of Nain. Nain was a city that was positioned on top of a hill. And the gate in which she passes Jesus is at the bottom of the hill. The city is on top. The gate is at the bottom. When we're on the hill, we have a tendency. And that tendency is to think nothing's going to go wrong. Everything is going to be all right. I've got it. Oh, my job and my finances, my family, my marriage. Man, it's all to life is good. And we have a tendency to escape a desire for Christ. Come on to big boy, big girl church. The likelihoods of us crying out to God when all things are good are a little slighter than they are when all hell is breaking loose at our feet. It's just, it seemed to be, I don't know, I just, I just caught this very suspicious that the city was on the hill and the gate was at the bottom. And there, it was there where she met Jesus. See, sometimes in life, you're going to have to come off of your high horse. Sometimes in life, you're going to stumble off of your high city. And you're going to find yourself at the gate. But it's purposed. Don't you know that sometimes in life your worst circumstances can lead to some of the greatest experiences in God? Amen. Yes. Come on, church. You, come on, am I the only one that's ever had the opportunity to meet God at the lowest point of my life and find out that he was way bigger? Yes. Y'all not going to let me preach at all on Mother's Day. Y'all in a hurry because you want something to eat. Look, the lines will still be there when you get out of here. The traffic will still be bad when you get out of here. Don't worry about it. There's this lady. Just like you and I. We live in desperation of Jesus. But we don't see it all the time. See, there's things in your life 
that will cause you to come to a place where you get to know him better. But preacher, oh, I know it's rough. I know it don't feel good. It wasn't, it wasn't in my agenda. It was not in my planner. Who, who put this? I can see her now. Joe, who, did, who wrote that in the planner? That's not it. We weren't supposed to have to go. But can I tell you, if he can put you on a detour in order to get you closer, mm -hmm. bye-bye. Right. Recalculating. <laughs> Reroute. This is what happens in life. And I find most of us in the same scenario as she is because we've had things in our life to just dissipate. We've had things in our life to disappear. They've left us. They're gone. And here we are at the lowest point of our life. But the sad part that struck me was, it said that when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said, don't cry. She was at a point she couldn't even ask for help. Aren't you glad <laughs> that you don't have to open your mouth for the Son of Man to see you where you are? He picked you. Remember that one woman that come up in church? Now, I'm sorry, but she wasn't a guest. She didn't fill out some visitation card and sit in the back of the synagogue. I believe this woman had been there for quite some time, but she was turned over, and he saw her. She didn't run for an altar call. She was sitting in the back, and he saw her. You can't hide. See, you might be able to fool me. Oh, pastor, I'm blessed and highly favored. And I know deep down in your life, you're miserable, you're hateful. But God sees you. In your worst spot in life, God sees you. When you can't muster up the faith to raise your head or to raise your hands, God Amen. sees you. Amen. Where does he see you? He sees you at the gate because you ain't lifting your head or lifting your hand when you're in the city. All right. Some of you this morning might be sitting on your mountain. Can I tell you that there's going to come a time where you're going to have to meet him at the gate. Set up there if you want to. You keep living. Put it in your Bible right beside the scripture right now. Pastor said, 
I'm going to meet him one day. Not me, Jesus, at the gate. It's coming. It's not, don't be scared. I'm not trying to curse you, not trying to put nothing bad on you. I'm just telling you how life lives. No regard for you or me. Don't care about your age, your gender, your color, your race, your creed. You're going to meet him at the gate. And you better be grateful. You better be thankful now that you're going to meet him at the gate. Because see, his heart. He said that his heart went out to her. He had, he, he had some compassion for her. See, he ain't like you and me. When we see somebody down on the luck, we say, get a job. Oh, boy, don't you know that the Holy Spirit will just, see, I don't know how he acts with y'all. But he'll come up in my truck so and just beat my head against the steering wheel. Because I'll be going down the street and see somebody hold a sign. And they standing out right in front of Wendy's and saying, need a job, we'll work for food. And right behind them is a Wendy sign that says, hiring. And I go, turn around! <laughs> and then I get smacked in the head and I have to turn around and I have to go and support the cause. You're going to meet him at the gate. Thank God I get to meet him and not you. Because he's full of compassion. Man, when he said that his heart went out to her. You, what better thing could have ever happened than for him to be moved by his own compassion. Don't you, hang on, I got a couple of notes I want to share, if you'll let me. I promise you by two. Actually, the only promise I got is we'll quit in the same day we started. <laughs> but it'll be all right. We don't see ourselves being desperate. We talked about that for Jesus. But when we find ourselves walking at the bottom of our life, this is where we find ourselves needing to meet. See, it's, it's not until sometimes we've lost everything. See, because when, when you lose everything, you're not so busy now. I'm with you. I got you. See, we ain't so busy now. Isn't it amazing how you'll, you'll even forget to say the blessing over your food. And I'm not trying to send you to hell for not saying the blessing over your food. Mom gets mad at me because I go, Lord, bless the food. Thank you. Amen. And we move on. Because I ain't trying to give an altar call while we're trying to break bread. I'm just trying to get something to eat. I ain't trying to pass no condemnation on you. If you want to pray for 30 minutes while your food gets cold, I'm sure that's a purpose. And that's fine. But we get so busy. I see when we're starting to become down on our luck, as y'all would like to call it, we feel empty. 
You ever been walking from where you were last week and today you're empty? See, you've been, you've been, you've been full of. Everything's fine. I'm full. I'm full of life. I got happiness. I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. See, y'all better stop. And we come to a place where we begin to feel empty. Man, we feel, we feel lost. Have you, have you ever gotten to a place in your life you just lose direction? You, 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 don't, you don't know what's up or down. You don't know if you're supposed to go left or right. We're lost. Have you, have you ever, I'm serious. Have you ever went into prayer one time and just said, God, I don't even know what to pray right now. This is for those people that don't believe in speaking in tongues. You better find you a prayer language. Because when you don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit. Who knows the Father's heart? (laughs) Boy. I don't have to know what I'm saying to him. Matter of fact, it's probably behooving me (laughs) that I don't. Because, see, me and you, we're going to mess it up. <laughs> we, we lost. Y'all got to quit joking around this morning. I'm trying to get you. We've given up hope. Anybody ever been hopeless? I, now, I'm not talking about just for the moment. I'm talking about feeling hopeless. I'm talking about days, weeks, months of hopelessness. Considering the thought, hopelessness. See, some people, listen, and even you, as Christian people, will find yourself sometime feeling hopeless. If you're living, oh, but I'm saved. I've been saved since my mama been saved. (laughs) I think that woman christened the ark. That's how long she's been saved. It's mama day. She has to give me grace. She prayed me into it. Now she got to hear from it. I don't care how strong of a Christian you think. Do you honestly think that you're so good in your Christianity that Satan says, well, I ain't going to their house. It ain't no use. Nope. He's going to go from pecking on the window, trying to wake you up, to kicking in doors. And life's coming. (laughs) 
the Bible, the Bible says, listen, don't get it twisted, sister. There's tribulations in this life. That's what Jesus said. Ha! But he said, don't worry about it. Don't fret. I'll overcome it. But see, our problem is when we get sideways in our circumstance, we have a tendency to forget. Don't we? We See, we forget that God is bigger than anything we'll ever face. Whatever it is that you're walking through now, he ran over in his day. But we forget that. Somehow, someway, I don't understand, but somehow, someway, we forget it. See, this is why when he walked up to her, because I thought it meant, I was like, Jesus, come on, man. Don't be like that. I mean, you were supposed to have been moved by compassion. And he walks up to her and says, don't cry. I, I'm on my way to bury my son. My last hope. Don't you see? And he says, don't cry. I wanted to pull him to the side this morning, have a conversation, and go, now, you probably shouldn't have let that happen. Because that's not very sensitive. But then you got to dig a little deeper. Remember I told you, get in the scripture. The literal translation of that doesn't mean don't cry. Because that would be someone not giving compassion. He said, literal translation, stop crying. He knows it hurts. He knows it hurts. He says, stop crying. This is what, listen, you got to, follow me for a minute, because this was good. This was like meat and potatoes. He says, stop crying. God, why would you tell her to stop crying? I mean, I get it. But why would you tell her to stop crying? Isn't it ironic that every time something comes up in mind in your life, that we get to a place we lose focus. We forget about him being king of kings and lord of lords. We forget about him being Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We forget about all of that, our healer. We forget about all of that. Because we, we, we got into a situation. And he's going, no, I need you to stop crying. Why? Because I need you to dry your eyes. I need you to have a clear vision of who stands in front of you. I need you to see. Who it is that's talking to, come on church, this man is good. I love how he puts all this, he, he's better than any mama's dinner that's ever been put together. He puts it together in such a way, I love it. I was seeing, there was a graph of all the overlaying and all of the uh, cross references in the Bible. Did you see that? Listen to me. The Bible was written by 40 men in three continents. In three different languages. Girl, stop it. 
They all come together. I, I'm going, nothing but God. You, you can't do it. We would call that man a genius. He is. But he come up to her and says, stop crying. Dry your eyes. Anybody ever, I must be the only one, I get blurry-eyed when I cry. Okay, now you follow me? He says, stop crying. Dry your eyes so you can see who it is that's talking to you. And see, some of y'all, if you cry like I do sometimes, it's the snot boogers and all. It's just, I said that on live. But ain't, sometimes you got to get outside. You better stop trying to be pretty. Sometimes you got to go to war, baby. And that means, look, I'm a, yeah, it's just ugly. It's just ugly cry. But he sees you. He's seen you before you woke up, so don't try to be pretty. He's seen you when you were sinful. Don't try to be pretty. But see, if you're like me, it gets a little noisy. Stop crying. I need you to see me, and I need you to hear me. See, when we cry, it's... <laughs> the bump. <laughs> it gets a little noisy in our life. And he's saying, please listen to me. Stop crying. I want you to see me. I want you to hear me. Stop crying. I need you to hear me. Come on, it was tradition in that day. I used to love it. I, I don't know how they even done it. I mean, they're already, they're already hurting. The family dead, and they paying people to cry for them. Did you use that money to pay the funeral bill? But you got people behind you. Oh. Boy, Jesus trying to settle the noise down, Michelle. He said, I need, send them people home. Just tell them enough crying. Go, go, go home. Go, go to your house. I need some privacy. I need, I need some alone time. I need you to understand that no matter where you are in life, you could be at your weakest moment. You could be at your deepest spot in life, but he'll see you. And if you'll listen and he'll tell you to stop crying, if you'll just say, okay, and wipe your eyes and shut your mouth and silence the noise, he'll take you to another place. But you've got to be willing This is all supposed to be for mamas. I think it's meant for daddies, too. You ever gotten there? I mean, there's nothing left. I'm exhausted. I'm out of resources. I can't fix it. 
Y'all won't own up to that, will you? There are some things in life, my friend, you just can't fix. I seen a thing the other day. It said, I can fix stupid, but it's going to hurt. <laughs> I said, woohoo! Now that'll preach. <laughs> I mean, you know how people say that they can fix ignorance, but they can't fix stupid. He said, no, I can fix it. It's just going to hurt. <laughs> anyway. Mm. Some of our worst circumstances set the stage for some of the best engagements. <laughs> wow. Aren't you glad there is one that will meet you at the gate? At the gate of quitting? At the gate of desperation. At the gate of hopelessness. God will meet you there. I'm just glad I've got somebody. That will meet me there. Because see as much as I love you. And as much as I would hope to think that you love me. You're not going to always be there for me. Because you've got this to do because you're busy. you got that to do because you're busy. You... <laughs> Boy, my mind. He, he done it. <laughs> he give me friends. How many of us have them? Come on, go back to it. Go back in the day with me. Some... That was B.C. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've been there. You've been so distraught, so desperate. You have no energy to keep going. You're, you're so hopeless. You're so empty. But you can't muster the faith to move on. Can I tell you today? He'll meet you there. Jesus met her at the lowest point in her life. The lowest point of her life. See, most people at the lowest point of their life take their life. But see, when, when you're dealing with Jesus, let me tell you what happens when you're dealing with Jesus. You've got hopelessness and despair and life. Walking down the street. And here comes Jesus. Walking down the street. Somebody got to make way have you ever seen Jesus bow to it you think he gonna bow to it I think there was a separation at that point see there was one there was one one guy that was on his way that was dead to be buried and there was another one on his way to die but to come back. Amen. He had to defeat death. That's right. Even there. Yes. Do you understand who we serve? Amen. Amen. 
one that can look so far down the road and go, well, I'm going to just go ahead and drop them. These are the little gold nuggets I talked to y'all about in Scripture. These are them little gold nuggets. Jesus said, watch, I'm going to show them what's going to happen when I come face to face with death. Get up. We're just that easy. Boy, if I could put that in your heart. You know how easy it is? Get up. It's that easy. It's that easy. People go, well, pastor, see, I'm, I'm tired of hearing the, the Christian ease excuses that are spoke of through religiosity in pulpits at churches. Well, you know, I want to say, well, he knows. Listen to me. I don't think there would be half as many lives lost to the hand of suicide if they were ever given a doctrine that was true. People take their life because they feel hopeless. If there was no hope for you, why is Satan fooling with you? Amen. That's right. Come on, church. Listen, the, I'm speaking from experience because there was a time of darkness for about eight months Dark rooms, blank computers, window shades pulled, and she would leave. I'd be there when she come back. And my wrestle was there's a gun out in the truck. Just go get your gun because I couldn't find a job. I went and knocked on doors of men that would call me two weeks before I lost my job and said, hey, we'll pay you more money. And I wouldn't leave. And now that I don't have a job, I would go back knocking on the door. And they go, sorry, I ain't got no place for you. Now you put that one on your calendar and try to figure it out. I'm going, dude, you just called two weeks ago. God had something else. See, he had to meet me at the gate. When I, <laughs> he'll meet you. He'll keep you. He'll feed you. He'll nourish you. This ain't supposed to be a downtrodden mess. I'm trying to give you some exciting news. There's a man Amen. that will meet you. At the lowest point of your life. And he won't bow to anything outside or contrary to his word. That's it. Stop crying. Who's he talking to this morning? You, you've, been, you've been fighting stuff. You've been, you've been but God, but God, but God. He, he says, stop crying. I love you. 
I love you and I, I, I am your God. I love you. I'm here for you. I'll meet you right where you are. I love you. But listen to me. Stop crying. Because I need you to see me. I need you to hear me. Not everything else that you're hearing. That's right. Anybody else got voices in their head? Boy, sometime, you know, I preached this message one time, hearing God's voice. Boy, you know how many voices I got to go through to get to God's? Lord have mercy. That's why I had to tighten that circle up. I, got, I can't do it, man. Oh, I got 985 people following me on Facebook. You in trouble. I got 1,500 friends on Twitter. You in trouble. My Instagram. You in trouble. I don't need all y'all up in my stuff. Right? Look, as for me and my house, that means, that means it's not that your opinion doesn't matter. It's just that your opinion <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not that I'm saying, don't cry. I'm just telling you to stop crying. It's not that we're not at the gate. I just know a man's going to meet me because he saw me. And it don't, it, it, it don't matter. <laughs> I know what they said. But it don't matter. Amen. I know what it looks like. But it don't matter. Yes. <laughs> I know what it feels like. I know what it sounds like. But it don't matter. So I'm going to quit. When I think I'm going to preach, I'll just go. Keep him on a time clock. Don't, don't, don't. The lines are getting long. <laughs> it's 1139. doesn't matter it's not that I'm being insensitive to what you're going through I'm just trying to tell you it doesn't matter it's not that I don't care how you feel I'm just telling you it doesn't matter See, in the grand schemes of things, it doesn't matter. Paul said it like this. <laughs> it was good. I'd be afflicted. See, we got to rejoice in our sufferings. I wonder why they said such crazy stuff. It's fine with me, baby. Whether I'm here with you 
or whether I'm there with him. I'm good. Why? Because it doesn't matter to be absent from this old body. It's to be present with the Lord. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, if we could live that way, huh? If we could ever just find it in our heart that we could live that way. And say, God will be God. Flowers fade. The grass withers. But my word. So what's his word? Everything that's contrary to life. <laughs> Anything that life wants to dish out. <laughs> Y'all didn't think I could pull it off, did you? You're out before two. So next week. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know who he took the time out of today for to walk to the bottom of a hill, to stand at a gate that he knew you were coming to. But he done it for you. He chose Mother's Day to meet you at the gate. How many of you know that God's probably pretty busy? See, y'all don't understand. I got a sister. I know God's busy, Michelle. See, I used to have to try to get in her head, say, look, don't you mind not talking to him like between like five and six? Just give me. Some days you ride down the road, you be praying, and it don't even feel like he heard you. And I'm going, let me guess. She talking again. There's nothing you'll ever face in life that he's not compassionate enough to meet you at the gate. Y'all good? Y'all okay? Someone's excited. Boy, I see someone back here. They on the phones all man, hey man, pastor let us out early. Someone wrote it down in the calendar. Pastor let out before two. Don't get used to it. Look, I thought there was enough in this. I think there's enough in that. If I don't keep you going until Wednesday, when I see you back here on Wednesday, when we have church on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, Tuesdays you're asking too much. Wednesday, 
Tuesday we got prayer meeting. Amen, Pastor. Glory, hallelujah. Scratch out my agenda. I'm going to prayer service. Boy, I, never mind. Why y'all do that? You done it. You started it. Prayer meeting's on Tuesday night. If you're in town, we'd love to have you. Just for an hour of your time. Pastor, I'm busy. Remember what I told you earlier. If nothing else, you can come in here and lay down and take a nap. Can I tell you how many times I've slept in the presence of the Lord at this altar? Y'all don't get up at 4 o'clock. Sleep at that altar and wake up feeling fresh after laying on concrete. 35 minutes, my arm's sleeping, my fingers are tingling, and I'm going, oh, sorry, God. But feeling refreshed when I'm done. I mean, if nothing else, you come and you just stretch out before the Lord. We'll wake you. Maybe we'll just leave you. You can walk out that door right there. It'll lock behind you. Y'all good? Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. I feel like I let you down, man. I'm, I'm struggling with this right now. I'm struggling. Y'all ain't struck because y'all, yay, we get out of here early, yay. Stop clapping. They just not used to it. We preached, we preached at a church in Virginia, not Virginia Beach, in Charlottesville. And this very same scenario went down to about 30 minutes. I was done. And I folded up and didn't nobody move. They sat in a chair and looked. And one, one of the women, she had the audacity. She was very bold. She said, Pastor, what do we do with the rest of the time? And I went, really? I had to go out in the congregation, and they set circles up, and we sat and talked for another 30, 45 minutes. And I looked at them and said, okay, I'm going home. Y'all can stay here if you want, but I'm leaving. That's right. Hunger. You've got to love it. That's right. 